Hi there. Thank you for joining us on the Redeemer Church podcast. Here at Redeemer, we exist to see Christ exalted in our church, community, and world. It is our mission to lead people into the presence of God, devotion to His Word, authentic fellowship with others, and discovering their ministry. We hope that this podcast is just one of the ways you connect to God's presence this week. Let's check out this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to all of you who are with us online from many different locations today. It is so good to be with you wherever you may be. Uh, Pastor David mentioned that there will be enough bacon at the upcoming men's event, and I just want to reiterate the importance of enough bacon. Um, The last men's breakfast that I attended, we had about 70 men in attendance, and Dave had ordered enough bacon for 70 men, but the first 25 men who went through the line... Yes, 25 men ate enough bacon for 70. So if you were one of those 25, God bless you today. (laughs) Briefly, I want to mention that we are in prayer as a church for all of those who have been affected by the storms of this last week. Um, Members of 30 years here at Redeemer, Stan and Barbara Grog, live on Sanibel Island. Um, And I just want, if you have not seen on Facebook, I want you to know that they made it out before the storm hit. Of course, they're not able to get back to their home yet, but they are safe, uh, and we are in touch with them. And they might even be watching right now. If you are, Grogs, we love you so much, and we're so glad that you're safe. We're in this series, Firm Foundation, and we're examining our covenant affirmations. There's six of them uh, that really are foundational to the life of this church, of the covenant church. Um, So far, we've looked at the centrality of the Word of God, a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit, the necessity of new birth, and last week, the church as a fellowship of believers. So if you've missed any of those messages, please go to the archives and catch up. Today, I'm introducing the following. We affirm a commitment to the whole mission of the church, and I'm going to offer a brief introduction to this affirmation And then I have a wonderful guest that I'm excited to introduce to you today. Um, A lot of churches have a section tucked away in in some place on their website. You can find these, um, and it says what to expect. What to expect if you come to this church. I looked at a few websites this week, and on one I found the following description under what to expect if you attend that church. It said, we'd love for you to join us, dress comfortably, we have hot coffee and a place for your kids. (laughs) Pretty impressive, right? It sounds a little bit like a Holiday Inn Express or a Lifetime Fitness, if you ask me. Hot coffee and a place for you. There's so much more that you can expect from participating in the life of the church. So I eventually went to read ours at Redeemer. It said this, what to expect, friendly, encouraging people in a welcoming atmosphere, authentic, heartfelt worship and music, celebration of life through the sacraments of communion and baptism, relevant Bible-based teaching, engaging experiences for children. I might be biased, but I think that all of those are true about Redeemer. Yet still, 
I had it deleted from our website immediately. And here's why. It's true, but it's only partially true. As important as all of those features are about this church, those are all of our internal values, right? We're welcoming when you come into this place. We have worship, we have teaching, we have discipleship. Those are our internal values. What our description was missing on our website is what completes the whole mission of the church, which is our external values. If you come here, what can you expect? Well, you can expect what you already see and know, but there's also external values that exist here. The whole mission of the church embraces evangelism and meeting the physical needs of the poor. The whole mission of the church addresses poverty and abuse and cruel systems in our society. The whole mission of the church provides compassion for the oppressed. The whole mission of the church seeks justice for those who are suffering and marginalized. The whole mission of the church reaches across boundaries of race and ethnicity and culture and gender and age. The whole mission of the church is to be an agent of grace entrusted with the message of hope and peace. So you can dress comfortably here, and we do have hot coffee and a place for your kids, but join me in expecting much more out of the church than just these internal values. Also expect and embrace what we believe outside of these walls. Here's what I want to emphasize. The whole mission of the church requires the whole church. The whole mission of the church requires the whole church. To live out this identity as a church is not on the shoulders of our staff or our Sunday school teachers or our small group leaders, but this is a shared responsibility among all of us. There's a book titled Living Faith, and it's comprised of reflections on all of our covenant affirmations. I encourage you to check it out. But in it, we read that mission is the work of the whole church on behalf of the kingdom of God. It is working with Christ for peace, reconciliation, justice, and evangelism. Mission encompasses freeing the captives, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, and telling the good news. And look at this. It is lifelong work, and it is holistic. No pastor or team or evangelist, no humanitarian nonprofit, not even an entire denomination could ever accomplish the whole mission of the church across the world because it requires the commitment from every single believer. This is accomplished through two strategies provided for us from Jesus. And how many of y'all know if Jesus offers a strategy, it's both brilliant and it works? How many of y'all know that if Jesus offers us a strategy, it's both brilliant and it works? The two are, one, the great commandment. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven through 40. And the second is the great commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. 
This is the strategy entrusted to you and to me from Jesus himself. Love God, love others. Go, make disciples. Love God, love others. Go and make disciples. Acts 1.8 calls us to witness to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is what inspires the vision of this church to see Christ exalted in our church, in our community, and in our world. So geographically applying Acts 1.8 to your context, your Jerusalem, to see Christ exalted and to be a witness in your Jerusalem is your workplace. It's your neighborhood. Your Judea, we have identified a strategic partner in the Bixby Outreach Center. Our Samaria, we've identified a strategic partner in Haiti and the Dominican Republic, Mission of Hope. Excuse me, that's to the ends of the earth. Our Samaria is the hub in northwest Tulsa, but we're active in Haiti. We're active in the DR. As you just saw a photo, our team arrived there yesterday. So externally, what can you expect? The whole mission of the church. Well, we embrace evangelism. How can you practically meet the needs of the poor? Because you can How can you stand against poverty and abuse? How can you show compassion to the oppressed and seek justice for the suffering and the marginalized? You know, they do live among us. You do know that, correct? Some may be in this room today. How can we reach across boundaries of race, ethnicity, culture, gender, and age? Jesus said to. Jesus said to. And the world desperately needs it. Our community desperately needs it. The whole mission of the church requires the whole church, each and every one of us. Lucky for you, you only have to hear me for 10 minutes today. Uh, We got a real treat for you this morning, and I'm going to invite my dear friend, Prajakta David, to join me up here. Would you put your hands together and offer a very warm... Redeemer, welcome to Prajakta. We are in this series looking into our covenant affirmations that we stand on as a church, as a denomination, and today we have a denominational leader with us from her office in Chicago. Let me just share her title with the covenant. Are you ready? Praj is the Director of Global Advancement and Mobilization. If you've got the word global in your title, something's going on. So Praj, welcome to Tulsa. It is so good to have you here. Uh, We became friends a few years ago as a part of a leadership cohort, and just I'm so proud and excited for how God continues to use you to bless an entire denomination. So would you take a minute and introduce yourself to the Redeemer family? Thank you for having me here today with you all. It is such a joy to be here in Tulsa and to see both Adam and Dave, with who I was part of uh, in the 30 for 30 cohort. Um, They've become dear friends over time, and I've really appreciated the depth that they have um, and how not just they read scripture, but how they're committed to living it out. And I'm getting to see a taste of that here in this congregation. So thank you for what you're doing here in Tulsa to live out the mission of God. Um, As Adam introduced me, I did get to pick my title when I got promoted last year into my position. You did? I did. I got to frame that. 
But it was because um, this is what I felt God called me to for this last season of life. And you'll hear a little bit of my story as we continue going uh, deeper a little bit. But uh, just so I can tell you a little bit about me, I uh, have been serving with uh, Serve Globally, which is the mission priority of the Covenant, which is its international arm that works with evangelism and justice in about 52 countries in the world. I have been with Serve Globally for the last eight years, uh, and I currently uh, moved into a new role last year. I moved to the United States about 15 years ago to go to college at North Park University in Chicago. Um, And I was raised in India uh, in a city called Pune, and I'm part of the Covenant Church there. It's called the Hindustani Covenant Church. My time in the Hindustani Covenant Church has been what has been very formational to who I am. I'm also ordained in that church, and I have worked with them in various roles as a pastor in their efforts around anti-sex trafficking and community development through healthcare. So when I moved to the United States to go to college, I studied nursing because my dad told me to study nursing. (laughs) I was at a wedding last week, and I met somebody from my undergrad years, and she said the exact same thing. And I cringed a little bit just thinking of the 18-year-old that says things like that in very direct ways, that I wouldn't frame it in the same way anymore. I think God continues to use um, different seasons in your life. in ways that will continue impacting ministry in the uh, future. I mean, I was really grateful for uh, the nursing degree I got. uh, The year I got to work as a nurse was really formational in helping me understand how to work with people in different contexts, how to really care well. But it wasn't what I felt called to. I knew that God was calling me into ministry. And after working as a nurse for a couple years, I decided to go to seminary. And I felt like my heart really aligned Uh, as I was living into the call that God had on my life. Uh, And after seminary, uh, I stepped into my role with Serve Globally. So how did you find Serve Globally, or how did Serve Globally find you? Good question. Yeah. So when I was in seminary, I was offered a pastoral internship in Seattle. I thought that was going to be the place where I would discover my call further, what I was really gifted in, and develop my pastoral skills. This was going to be my opportunity. But a month before I was supposed to get to Seattle, my internship fell through. And that was the moment I was filled with a lot of anxiety, not just with the unknown of the future, but also with the unknown of the now, because it put in jeopardy my immigration status uh, since I did not have a job after graduation. So I did the most logical thing. I applied for every job under the sun uh, related to my degree. I have an MDiv and MBA. And so that just opens up a lot of different doors, but nothing clicked or felt right. And then when I was writing my final paper for my MDiv and MBA class, I kept coming across the term mission mobilization. And that word really intrigued me, and I used that in my title as well today. Um, And as I kept doing more research, I started realizing that this really aligns with my call in my life, with my gifts and with my experience. Mission mobilization is equipping local churches to engage in God's global mission well. And that's what I get to do in my role today. I get to walk alongside churches in their call for global mission. Um, You know, your mission statement that you read. Um, My job is to come alongside you to see how you can be the church that God's called you to be, not just here in Tulsa, but around the world, 
and how we posture ourselves. As I started going deeper into my understanding of mission mobilization, I also started realizing that, you know, there are no happy accidents with God. You know, you can look back at your life and you can think that, oh, I'm just doing this for a random opportunity or, you know, this is maybe a moment where I'll get to learn something. But God uses every single moment. Uh, I've realized in my own life story when I look back that God had been using and putting me in spaces and places where he was forming me through uh, the experiences on mission trips, uh, in my internship experience with the Red Light District in Pune, India. And as I was sensing that, I realized that God's hand continues to move in all of our story. And so as I was reflecting on mission mobilization, Serve Globally, which is the denomination's global ministry, as I mentioned, had a position open, and I applied, and I got the job. And we're all better because that happened. Um, so we talk a lot about Acts 1-8 here, and mission starts in our Jerusalem, which is out the back door. Um, but we also can't neglect God's heart for the world on a global scale. So why serve globally? Why is this such an important part of our denomination? I'm going to share why this is so important to me and why I get to do the work uh, I do. Uh, as I mentioned, part of my experience that shaped my call was my internship back with my home church in Pune, India, that was working alongside people in the red light district in the city. It was here that I learned to see and understand systems that perpetuate violence against women, children, and eunuchs that have resulted in them being in the district. As you hear stories and understand how people are impacted, you fully are able to see how God is at work through the resilience of these victims and survivors who are fighting to break free from the cycle of violence against the vulnerable. I worked alongside survivors who are leaders in the community that have experienced the violence of sexual uh, assault and, ex- and are providing solutions to care for victims against this violence. Through survivor leaders and the way the church has come alongside them and empowered them to lead, I've seen light through their work of reclaiming their God-given dignity for their community. I learned that true empowerment is listening and amplifying voices of those that are marginalized to bring long-term and sustainable solutions. The way the church has cared and walked alongside these folks has truly borne witness to me and the community and how deep and redeeming the love of Jesus for all is. So Surf Globally works alongside local partners in 52 countries in the world doing just that in bearing witness to the deep, redeeming love of Jesus for all. We work alongside local partners in many areas of transformation that help to bear witness to the good news of Jesus. We truly believe that our partners are experts on ground and that when we join our prayers and gifts of the ours, they are transformed into amazing opportunities that are making a tremendous impact in their communities. To the many partnerships in evangelism, healthcare, education, disaster response, anti-sex trafficking, addressing hunger and food insecurity, economic development, I have seen how we can be part of caring and flourishing of all people and whole communities. You know, the denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, was originally known as Mission Friends. Friends that engage in studying scripture together and living it out by caring for their neighbor well. Those values still continue to guide who serve globally is today and through our partner of partnership with our global church. 
That to me is who we are called to be as community of faith. People that love God and live it out well by caring for their neighbors. Wow. Who's inspired right now? (laughs) So, mentioning earlier Jesus' strategy for missional living, right? Great commandment, great commission. So here you are all the way from Chicago in the local church. Um, What encouragement do you have for this church family when it comes to missional living, to actually leaning into and engaging with that missional call that we see in Scripture? So as a church in our life, worship and mission are interdependent on each other. We worship God when we engage in mission. When we engage with mission, we are proclaiming the way Jesus invites us into worship with the rest of the world. You know, today we will practice uh, the sacrament of communion together. It is all of us coming in to receive Jesus and then going out into the world. We are being sent just as God sent God's self to us. Mission is not merely us showing up to a Sunday service or a service project or going on a mission trip. It is how we live out our faith daily in our lives and how we interact with the other. It is about who God is calling us to live in midst of pain and hurt in the world and in our own lives. Mission is not only, again, just about coming alongside those that are vulnerable. It is, but not only. It is also seeking our own vulnerabilities. It is also seeing how we all are continuing to work towards mutual healing and transformation. It is not just people outside our walls. It's not just others who need healing. We are in need of healing as well. No, mission is always mutual. If it's not, then it is not really mission. We are always transformed by the witness of the other when we engage with the stories of the other. And this is what really worship is. It is drawing closer to the cross of Jesus through the stories and pain of others that helps us see uh, the pain that God experiences for our world and calls us into the posture. When we engage with people who are different than us, I truly believe we see a different side of God's face. Mm. I think this is important because it helps remind us that not just one person or one community can fully resemble who God is. We need each other. We need another person, another community to show us another side of God's face. And that is humbling because we understand that, you know, all of us together get to know God better through each other and that we can't do it alone. Wow. And what I love about you, Praj, is you live out what you just said. You truly do. Um, What gets you up in the morning? Or in other words, what I'm curious to know, because Serve Globally is so vast. It's so broad, 52 nations, a lot of different ministries. What are you most passionate about? I heard this quote when I was in college that continues to really have a deep impact on me even today. It's a quote by Frederick Buckner, and he says, Your vocation is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. Let me repeat that again. Your vocation is a place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. I think in nursing, I was able to meet the world's deep hunger in a way right, when you're caring for those that are sick and hurting. But it wasn't a place where my deep gladness was. 
I think leaning into who I am, my own story, my own experience uh, serving in India, I have been able to bring that back in my role in Serve Globally and engage, uh, engage the church here in the United States uh, in our efforts in the area of anti-sex trafficking. So I help lead uh, FREE, which is an anti-sex trafficking initiative of the denomination that partners with about 10 organizations, both globally and here domestically in the United States, through prevention, intervention, and rehabilitation. That's one part of my role. Uh, but I get to share stories and invite people into this work um, and then see the impact that it has on the ground with survivor leaders, seeing opportunities that are being provided around the world. Again, uh, the other thing that really does inspire me is not just a ministry partners, but it is actually stories of faithfulness of our covenant churches here in the United States. People have been praying and walking alongside our global missionaries and our global partners for a very long time. Since our inception, that's been a key of who we are. So I think in my work, not just the ministry partners, I've had a shift in where I've been inspired uh, by a local churches to see the work that they are doing and how they're really, truly living out the gospel. And I feel that those two worlds bringing, you know, those strengths together has truly inspired me and gets me up every morning. I've uh, been very excited to live into what God's calling us to be as the church. Well, a few more questions. Um, what excites you most about the future of our denomination? Um. I would say we, as a church, as, as a whole, not just a denomination, you know, we're experiencing a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and I feel like we are also in this moment where we can live being the faithful remnant of God. What does it mean to be faithful remnant? And we get to be that in this season, I think. Uh, you know, kind of exploring how, as a church, can we bring people together together uh, versus focusing on a divide, what, what does really bring us together? And I feel like in this season, that's what we're focused on as a denomination. And that's really exciting to me. How can we, you know, come together for mission so that people may truly know who Jesus is, not through just our differences, but also through how we live out our life by loving people well. It's yeah, wonderful. Praj, um, headquarters is in Chicago. Chicago's really cold in the winter. We're all a little frustrated that conferences in January are in Chicago, um, which also means we can never get back to our families because of canceled flights. So I'm just curious, if, if the president of the denomination said, Praj, you get to pick where headquarters is moving, where would headquarters move? I don't know about the denomination headquarters, but what I can tell you, Adam, is just because you expressed your frustration about midwinter being in Chicago, we're going to have it in Jacksonville, Florida, just for you this year. For me? Just for you. Wow. Thanks. Um, okay, nothing's off limits here. Give me your honest observations about Oklahoma. First thing, I think people here are really, really warm. Yes. Um, I have experienced great hospitality and just warmth, not just from the church, but even like at the restaurants, my Uber drivers, they've all been super nice and welcoming. 
I don't understand the 40 degree change in weather. Like, how do you go from 43 degrees at night to 84 degrees in the afternoon? Like, my body was a little confused and I felt a little weird being at a coffee shop yesterday in my jacket, but not sure if I should take it off or keep it on. Yeah. So that's one thing that I'm still trying to figure out, I think. We're all trying to figure out our weather. Okay. And so next time you come, just think layers. Layers. Okay. That's helpful. Okay. Any final? What? Yeah. The other thing is all clocks here tell a different time for some reason. They're all like five minutes or three minutes off for some reason. No. For real, my Uber had a different time. My watch has a different time. The church, like when it like, was coming in, that had a different time. Inside here, they had a different time. So I'm really confused. Let's go with 10.23. I don't know the answer to that. Somebody's to blame. Um, any final thoughts, Praj? No. Um, it's really been a joy to be here and on behalf of the Evangelical Covenant Church and Serve Globally, I really want to thank you for your partnership and mission with us. We have been able to do more because of churches like Redeemer coming alongside us to go deeper in Christ and further in mission. So we're really grateful for your support. As I leave, um, I want to close with this blessing that I um, have found to be uh, very inspiring in my own journey, and I hope that um, it can be to you as well. The world now is too dangerous and too beautiful for anything but love. May your eyes be so blessed you see God in everyone. Your ears so blessed that you hear the cry of the poor. May your hands be so blessed that everything you touch is a sacrament. Your lips so you speak nothing but the truth and love. May your feet be so blessed that you run to those in need. And may your heart be so opened, so set on fire, that your love, your love changes everything. It's beautiful. Thank you, Praj. Redeemer, would you honor Praj today with a wonderful uh, applause and thank her for being here. We have uh, the opportunity to take communion together today, so I invite the communion stewards forward to be prepared. Um, As we talk about the whole mission of the church, communion is taken in remembrance of Christ's mission. He was on mission and coming to reach and redeem all of humanity. He came and lived among us and gave his life so that we could live with him forever. So hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So as you are ready, eat and drink in remembrance of Christ. May this sacred moment be food for your spiritual journey. I invite you to come forward and receive the elements. There are also kneeling rails up front for those who would like to kneel for a time of prayer.
The table is open. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church Podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.